Hello, everyone. This is the Easy Allies Podcast. I'm your moderator, Kyle Bossman, and joining us this week, Michael Damiani. Yeah. Ben Moore. Yeah. <laughs> Daniel Bloodworth. Yeah. And making this all happen, Ian Hink. Yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. All right, we have a high enthusiasm coming in for the, the debut of a brand new segment called Glinny's Cauldron. So here's what's going on. Our witch friend, Glinny, hmm. she's trying to concoct a most vile video game. What a callback. Yeah, and uh, she's trusting us to collect the ingredients. So we're going to take a trip to the, you know, the wizard market. Uh, problem is we can only buy one ingredient at a time. So I'm going to present you with two vile video game ingredients, and you have to unanimously pick which one we're going to take home mm-hmm. and throw in the cauldron. So from Quinn Gary, we have pressing the pause button during a cutscene skips the cutscene. Yeah. Uh-huh. And from uh, Professor Nanaki, uh, there is a deep bass, oh, no, <laughs> every time you die. That's a good video game component, I think. Yeah. <laughs> press the start. So, yeah, we have one ingredient we can choose. It's either uh, pressing the pause button during a cutscene, skips the cutscene. Oh, or, no. Yeah. Oh, oh no. It's, no. It's, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Every yeah, time yeah. you die. Oh, no, it's too good. It's yeah. too good? It's too That's good. a good thing? Yeah, yeah. Want I think if Easy Allies made a game, we'd put that in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ooh, what if it's hard, no. though? What if that happened in Bloodborne? You die in Bloodborne to a boss, as and it goes, oh, no. like, with snake, like, yeah, go for it. It's clearly... As long as we've got, like, th- you know, at least three. Maybe, like, the words oh and no will be it. He might have different intonations. Yeah, so my, that's what I mean. My perception of it is based on the way that you did the oh no, yeah. which is was amazing. Mm-hmm. And so based on that, I don't, I can't see myself getting sick of it. <laughs> I just don't think it's going to happen. So, Damiani, you agree that pressing pause during a cutscene is the most vile thing we could put in our video game. Yeah. I do hate that. I hate that every time. Yeah. And there's no going back. I feel like recently there were a number of games where I pushed pause and it would just pause the cutscene. And yeah. then I played one where it didn't. And I was oh, oh, I I missed it. I missed that story. And it's, it's one of those things that you never know until you test it out. Yep. Mm-hmm. So there's always got to be one guinea pig cutscene. Yeah. And there's so many games who like really just want you to skip the cutscenes. Just like, you can skip this. You can skip this right now on the bottom of the screen. Okay. <laughs> I hate those too. So, uh, to Quinn Gary, we will be purchasing uh, the ingredient of pressing the pause button during cutscenes. And Professor Nanaki, sorry, you're not getting our uh, doubloons, but thanks for playing. It's now time for corrections. Bloodworth, begin corrections music, please. What? Begin corrections music, please. Yeah. I don't know how to do that. So. I think Jones just he always does like a little slick movement. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> Can you give us a slick movement? I mean, okay. I thought Jones was still doing that, so I, I, I don't know. It's, it's your, you're in the Jones seat. <laughs> your corrections music. You must start the corrections music, please. There we go. Uh, oh, so last week we asked if Kingdom Hearts is dumb. And I think most of our panelists were not ready to just say yes. And I was really happy that people in the comments just said, yeah, it's dumb, dude. I was, was on the panel? for that. I was on the correction. Uh, I, like, uh, I like also including c- popular comments and corrections. Okay. Um, it was Bloodworth, Huber, and Jones. Jones especially I thought would just tear in, and he was really holding back last wow. week. Let hmm. me down a little bit. <laughs> Ian, you weren't even willing to say it's dumb. You know, I'm trying to escape the 
conception that I'm just negative all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Those games are absurd. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, one comment I liked a lot is just pretty straightforward. Kingdom Hearts is one of my favorite franchises ever, but yeah, it's dumb. <laughs> Sincere, but dumb. Now we know. Uh, NBA games average 1.28 million viewers, so 600K wouldn't be that great. Good to know. Uh, also, 600K, per, per, sorry? Perception. I think I said conception. Perception. Perception. Pre-correction. Uh, uh, Huber said that Chris Pine could never play a Jack Ryan, uh, but he did in fact play Jack Ryan in Jack Ryan Shadow Recruit. End <laughs> 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 correction music, please. Uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. There have been a lot of Jack Ryans in the, in the past few years. Uh, right. So... Uh, this podcast, we record on Tuesday afternoons, so if there's a Nintendo Direct on a Wednesday morning, that's going to be our next week's news. Um, I should also say, normally, we have some NPDs to drop on these Tuesdays. It's always really fortunate. Thank you, Mr. Matt Piscatella. Uh, there's a delay to that. So I will be refreshing Matt Piscatella's Twitter throughout this entire podcast oh, to no. maybe just get a little <laughs> bit of NPD juice. It's too good to pass up. You need that juice. I love that juice. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so... Uh, Although it is I, January juice. There's not a lot of juice there. It's actually like... What? I saw a little bit of juice. Yeah? I think a little juicy. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, but before that, we have two game announcements before we even get to the Nintendo game announcements. And my favorite way to start a podcast is game announcements. Yeah. We, we got like half a podcast of game announcements today. <laughs> um, I want to start with this one I think is pretty interesting. Hollow Knight Silk Song. Oh, yeah. It just missed the direct, too. Yes. Really weird that it wasn't there. They announced oh. that they would announce their announcement like a long time, I think even before the direct was announced. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, also that direct was 2019 games. And some, oh, mostly summer 2019. Sure. Like, like, Link's Awakening was like the only game that didn't quite make it into that time frame. Mm-hmm. Pretty, pretty clear Hollow Knight is not a 2019 game, from what they've said. Yes. Yeah. And because, hey, this isn't the DLC, the, the trailer ends saying, the second game from Team Cherry. They made it very clear that this had ballooned. This DLC yeah. of a new extra character, Hornet, if you're curious, uh, has turned into a whole separate sequel. Oh, so was it pitched as a DLC before? Yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. A, I think it was a, like a Kickstarter stretch goal, even. Uh, because people who did fund uh, Hollow Knight originally will be getting this for free, this whole entire game. Okay. Um, so yeah, this was they were working on it as a DLC expansion, uh, Shovel Knight style, right? But then it just became its own huge, enormous game with its own city and boss fights and levels and character. Yes. Yeah. That's awesome. Yes. I like that they can be flexible like that. Mm-hmm. They can uh, they can go on the fly. They can say, "Hey, this is really something. We can make this bigger. We control our budgets." I mean, yeah, I don't think there's a lot of those, a lot of people at that studio. So there isn't. It's pretty easy to make decisions. It's I think like, it's, everyone in this room, cool. Yeah, okay, let's do blood. it. I think it might be fewer than ten people mm-hmm. at at Team Cherry. Uh, obviously, more work on a game by the time it's completed. But yeah, I think that's about their team size. Uh, I'm really excited about this. But as Damiani kind of hinted, no release date. No whiff of a release date, and so it's probably a way off. I mean, I have to expect the reason it's a, the only reason it's a way off is because they've expanded the scope of this. Yeah. Because I one the video they showed the trailer of it it looked amazing. It looked like everything I really enjoyed about Hollow Knight. Uh, it looked visually really good. They even showed some areas that looked drastically different mm-hmm. than anything I had seen in the Hollow Knight environments, which was really cool. But also a lot of it did look a little bit familiar, too. 
But as you said, this started out as like ambitious DLC that became way more ambitious. And now if they want to approach anything that's the scale and scope of Hollow Knight, the original one, I think they need a little bit more time. And I think to live up to that like kind of like reputation that the first game set, that to me was like pretty much mechanically it was flawless. Uh, and the design of the Ooh. worlds was pretty damn good. Yeah. They need to take their time, and they've yeah. earned that right to take as much time as they need. So trying to like shoehorn it out, like ah, we announced it, it should come out twenty nine. It seems like that's not even remotely what they're going for. It's a trailer worth watching too, because you get the impression of the size of this game. Uh, you get the impression that like, so let's say the alternative is them making a Kickstarter post where they're just like, hey guys, it's actually going to be a whole game and we can't tell right. you what it's like. This was the opposite of that. This was, yeah. it was making a statement within the trailer itself. I love that it ends with the second game by Team Cherry. Uh, it's just a really good way to communicate all of these things. Uh, I had a, when talking about the release date, I had the same reaction when it came to Yacht Club Games and Shovel Knight where they're like, hey, we're going to be delaying these two uh, DLC things. And it's like, you've done so much for me. Mm-hmm. Take as much time as you need. I know it's going to be amazing. Um, and like you said, the trailer really spoke for itself. And the, the thought that I had watching it was the things Hornet is doing, they look so good and I can't wait to do them. And it looks substantially different than a standard encounter in Hollow Knight and just that single fact I think is really exciting. Yeah, I would say the battle the battles look more acrobatic. Yeah. It, it oh, just yeah. it does look cool. It looks like fighting is like cool. And I have no doubt that it's going to be exactly that that it's going to feel amazing that it's going to look amazing like I just have so much confidence in their ability to do pretty much anything with Hollow Knight. Yeah. Uh, before we move on, I do want to make it clear. I did not mean to throw shade at uh, the Shovel Knight team who did just this week say, hey, Shovel Knight's delayed yeah. in, a, in a message. Uh, yeah, they, they have earned the right to take their time yes, as well. totally. Um, this is also, they confirmed this is a PC, Mac, and Switch first game, right? Did they confirm I think, that? I think they said. Yeah, lead, I think so. Yeah, it's not. Com- yeah, that's like, all the platforms that were mentioned I can remember. But, huh. but like PS4, Xbox aren't getting it before Switch. Right. So that I think that's that's one of the reasons people wondered why it also wasn't in the direct is because console wise it's exclusive on has a timed window on Switch it appears. That is very interesting yeah. to me. And I actually I wonder if that's not even something Nintendo paid for. I wonder if that's just it makes oh, the most the, sense for them. The, yeah, yeah there's more money on there. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, it's probably their primary platform right now. Um, another game announcement that I want to just acknowledge, right? It's fun to acknowledge these things. Is that we had a teaser today for Darkest Dungeon Two. We what? Yeah, we had just I a missed, teaser I didn't today. Know that. Yeah, just today. Oh man. Yep. Uh, and that's not, cool. Not much revealed, Ben. Uh, like not even like a gameplay screenshot. But we do know that there's going to be a sequel to Darkest Dungeon. Yeah. Uh, and it's going to be in the snow. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. I gotta watch this. This is one of those game announcements. I don't understand that, but okay. Snow, blood. You're on a mountaintop, baby. But you're not in a dungeon if you're in the snow. <laughs> Fair point. <laughs> it's a snow dungeon. This is one of those game announcements where it's like, oh man, that's really exciting, and it's also like a great kick in the butt to finish off that first game and, and finish off the DLC and all that stuff, like revisit Darkest Dungeon because it's so good and so hard. Uh, to me, Ben, it's like the opposite. It's like, okay, now I never have to finish Darkest Dungeon because a newer, mm. better game will be coming out. I kind of consider for a game like Darkest Dungeon, I kind of consider it training because yeah, you mm. need to you need to learn. It looks too brutal from every stream I've seen, from every over the shoulder watching someone play that game. Uh, too hard, too hardcore. 
I got to manage their emotions. Yeah, they're stressed. I can't imagine my they're own. Go, they're going right. insane under your control. <laughs> yeah, too brutal. Just wait until they're also freezing to death. It's gonna uh, be so you, hard. You like Darkest Dungeon? It's too hard for me. I like it, but I suck at it. Yeah. I wonder if like that could be part of what they're doing with the sequel. Is like, hey, uh, we're making this easier, but also oh, like it was such that. a huge success that yeah, I don't know if you should. Yeah. I know. There's sometimes there's ways to make games more quote unquote accessible without actually making them like easy. What's it, what are you thinking of? Well, like now I'm thinking of like Dirt Rally Two that I'm playing last night. You know, there's one okay. of the things I'm thinking is like this game like it doesn't guide me, but I like I feel like I can pick up and play. You know, like you know, like a, like a lot of racing games. Like when you know maybe probably like the first time you picked up Gran Turismo and like you hold down the trigger and then like you just start spinning out like what's going on every time yes right and it's like you know I've, i mean obviously i played a lot of racing games that i feel like i can just pick this up and i can figure out okay what am i doing right what am i doing wrong and just work with it but it's not necessarily but it's a super game. hard at the same time cool. to like i've just got to be focused constantly if i stop paying attention to what the guy's saying i'm gonna blow a turn and smash into a tree so what i like about Dark- darkest dungeon is is it is hard but it was never obtuse to me mm-hmm. like sure. I would get brutalized, but I always understood why, and I always understood what my characters could do or the way that things were happening. Like, it's very good at explaining the rules to you. And I feel like there are enough accessible games already. And B, I feel like um, Darkest Dungeon has had a very healthy life on it Twitch. Has. Yeah, like yeah. a lot of uh, big-time streamers have really gotten up, not only behind it, but revisit it or play the DLC or whatever it is at different points. Like, it's kind of been part of the conversation I think since it's come out to some degree and I think that's really cool and I think it does kind of thrive in that space it is an exciting game to watch to see them just barely get through a dungeon or through a boss or whatever it is so darkest dungeon own your space yeah okay let's talk about uh, Nintendo announcements we have some new game announcements uh, that'll be primarily what we talk about uh, from what happened in that Nintendo Direct last Wednesday uh, uh Let's rank the significance immediately. What okay. is the biggest game announcement from that Nintendo Direct panel? Oh, do you want to list what, which ones were the actually one. announced? The one game announcement. What was the <laughs> biggest game announcement? Mario Maker 2! All right, Ian went first. Link's Awakening. You know, sorry, blood. Ian had the passion that you did not. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about Super Mario Maker 2. Uh, <laughs> this is a sequel to Super Mario Maker, a game for Wii U in which you could make levels, share them online, and just experience the joy of creating a level for Mario to platform in. And now we got a sequel. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Damiani, is this something really worth being excited about? I mean, yes. There's a lot of people. People speculated that some kind of Mario Maker was coming for a while. And the fact that it's actually a full-blown sequel, mm-hmm. I think, is a way bigger deal than just a simple enhanced port from the Wii U to Switch. Isn't it just like a level creator, though? Kyle, it's not just a level creator. What is it? It is an awesome level creator. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had Dawn here right now. Dawn would defend oh, this. Wow. But no, Kyle. The big, I mean, here's the thing. Okay. I, I get it. So from the trailer they showed, I do think uh, on a superficial level... Um, for someone who's not familiar with Super Mario Maker, it only had a little bit of uh, inclination that it was actually a new game. A lot of the changes were better understood by people who had played Super Mario Maker and understand what the intricacies that they were showing you that were new. Like so lava. Just, they saw lava and like, oh, that's new. The what? Lava. Oh, lava. Yeah. Well, slopes. Like the beginning of the whole trailer, sure. they just like joke. Like Mario's running. He tries to jump down this long incline of like spinies and he hits one. It's like, is, is it funny because he died? 
And then, oh, they bust out the slopes. Like, oh, you can put slopes, and that was a big deal. There were no slopes in the original one. Slides right down, knocks they them all the up. They showed uh, the tool wheel, and you can kind of select things more easily from that. They showed vertically scrolling levels. They showed that you can adjust the custom way levels will scroll. There, there's a whole bunch of new stuff in there. The Super Mario 3D World aesthetic is a, a whole palette for you to choose from. It For people who I think really like Mario and loved Mario Maker, it just showed a level of attention to the detail and the things people have been asking for, and it kind of delivered all of that in that video. But if you're looking for like the quote unquote like the sexy trailer that like sells the game to the average person, um, they maybe could have done a little bit more. But I still felt it was pretty exciting. Uh, Ian, hey, will this game flourish? Yes. It will flourish. Oh my gosh, dude! Yeah, it's gonna be crazy. <laughs> the Wii U game was a huge hit. Yeah, and that was like there nobody had a Wii U. And, and again, like the Ben Switch said, like, right now, like I can't Twitch. imagine yeah. what this game is gonna end yeah. up doing. The the promise of Infinite Mario will finally come to pass. <laughs> <laughs> What's great about Mario Maker is I feel like it's good no matter how you want to experience it. Mm-hmm. If you yeah. just want to play Mario and you never want to make anything, you're gonna have a great time. Yeah. If you want to dabble with making and playing, you're kind of an in betweener. You're gonna have a great time. If you want to go hardcore and make tons of levels, you're gonna have a great time. It's just. Like, so flexible, so well-made, has such a personality to it. Just making stuff is fun because of how they present it to you. So, yeah, it's good. It's going to be So, Kyle, be crazy. You, you've made quite a few levels. Yeah. Um, what do you think needs to happen in terms of discovery? There's going to be millions more levels out there now. Good what- point, Blood. So the way that current it used to work is, well, like if you're somebody who has Twitter followers, you can put it up and people will play it, right? But if I'm, if I'm just a regular person who has four Twitter followers, what am I going to do? And so the way to play the game was uh, the 100-level march right. and the 10-level march. And basically they would throw random levels in there and you'd give them a thumbs up if you liked it. And so it's not necessarily like you're seeking out like cool or fun like Little Big Planet works. It's like... It, it's giving you an objective, and if you complete the objective, you get something. Um, but how easy was it, like, if I like your things, to, like, keep coming back to, to your level? Oh, follow and, a creator? Super yeah. easy. I did that. Okay. Uh, Igarashi was someone you could follow, and you could play his levels. Just really cool. Um, they should do that more, Blood. Discovery is huge, actually. That's a huge thing of, like, any search engine or anything, right? I'm sure Dreams is panicking about it right now. Uh, but, yeah, the featured creators are really nice. I love a thing like that. Um, you want to believe that that the good stuff rises to the top, and I actually think the 100 level march or whatever it was called is like a great way to just get people to try levels they wouldn't normally just try. Well, that was cool. Blood, your pick was Link's Awakening. That <laughs> 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 you said this is the most significant game that was announced last Wednesday. I would agree. And Damiani agrees. I also agree. But it's a remake. Yeah. Explain. Um, I think. It's it's funny because we you know a lot of times it's it's one of those games like FF Seven it's like you start talking about it immediately people spoil the premise but there's a lot of people that haven't gotten to play this yeah, game yeah actually let's point. try to be cool about that for the sake of this podcast yeah let's try that um, because this is a very uh, very unique point in the Zelda series where there's been a little bit of story. But it really, this, the, the, the series hasn't focused on story hardly at all at this point. Right. And So we have three games out. Zelda yeah, one, so Zelda you have two. Zelda 1, Zelda 2, 
Um, and some other game like uh, Link to the Past. Yeah, Link to the Past is where the first like you really like get like a lore dump like before you push start. And it's like oh okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but with Link's Awakening, it's completely separated from everything. You know, Link gets shipwrecked and like washes up on an island, and so whole new cast of characters don't have Zelda, don't have Ganon. And you're just discovering this completely new world, and it really a lot of it is about these these character interactions um, and a very uh, different take on things, and you know things like these side-scrolling sections, uh, which you know Zelda Two had side-scrolling as well, but like mixing that together with a more traditional Zelda-based overworld, um, and uh, really. The first Zelda game that introduced like a significant music element, even though there were instruments before, like here you're actually every dungeon you get an instrument. Yeah. And it's pretty cool because And you could learn three songs on your Ocarina. Yeah, you can yeah. learn songs on the Ocarina. But you could also like every time you get one of those instruments, you can go to the place where you're supposed to play the instruments and just hear the song with the instruments you already have. Yes. Blood, I love that. Yeah. I also love in the first Pokemon, you can try to go to the Elite Four and they won't let you in, but you can go to certain stages. The guy's like, oh, you have three badges. Come on in. I'm like, no, you need four, bud. I'm like, oh, I thought I had you. Um, yes, Blood, all those things. It is t- It is still, it is the, the Zelda that was made for Game Boy and it still stands as a unique and solid Zelda game. Uh, but Ben, mm-hmm. I just played Breath of the Wild, dude. Mm-hmm. I just played the the hugest, most freeing, visually stimulating Zelda game that has ever existed. Mm-hmm. And then they're coming at me and they're like, hey, be excited for Link's Awakening, this little toy baby game. Kyle, variety is the spice of life. Mm. You you gotta you know you want you want it sweet sometimes you want it spicy other times you gotta mix it up for your own sake. If everything was Breath of the Wild, well that just wouldn't be any fun. Yeah. What if I told you? Uh, oh. That Link's Awakening is more emotionally engaging than Breath of the Wild. That's that's true. <laughs> what? Ooh, yeah, I think true. that will that's remain true. true. I think that's it will true. remain true. Uh, obviously, I think the, the Link looks a little blank-faced, but I think yeah. it'll still be more emotionally engaging. Kyle, I have to do a tiny bit of venting because I haven't had an outlet for this oh, yet. please, I, I love this I kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was some, like, bitterness toward the internet. Yeah. Because I, I just watched the Direct on my own. Yeah. And I was like, this looks so cute. Like, what a distinct adorable art style with a game I already loved. I've loved since I was a child and just really excited. And, like, of course... People can have different opinions, and anytime you go on the internet searching for opinions, you expect that. But, like, some of these takes, like, just immediately throwing it in the garbage or completely writing it off based on, like, what, 30 seconds? Mm -hmm. Just made me really bitter toward the internet and, like, how people were, like, wholesale condemning it as just, like, the ugliest thing. I couldn't believe it. I just, I, I couldn't understand where they were coming from. Like, I can understand, like, criticism of the art style, but just not immediately dumping it into the trash. Damiani, mm-hmm. we learned uh, from some Iwata asks, Blood just sent a re- an article out to us recently, too. Was that Go Nintendo? Uh, Nintendo World Report. Nintendo World Report, you know, kind of re- digging those things up about how Link's Awakening had actually impacted a lot of the games after it. Like, when they were making Ocarina of Time, they were like, hey, we actually really like this, the goofy characters. Like, that's, that's going to be a staple of the franchise now. The trading quests. Do you think that this game in 2019 will have an impact again? Will people be into it? 
I think that the biggest impact that this game will have is what Blood already alluded to a bit. Um, is the emotional impact that this game will have. And we're not, I'm not spoiling anything. I actually don't like how people just assume, you know, the game is 26 years old. Um, I've seen people just like in thread titles and headlines, like literally post questions that have the main spoiler of the game. And I'm like, that, that's not cool. Like if, you, if someone goes into a forum about the game or goes to a Zelda forum, so be it. You might expect spoilers, but like we should we should make this definitive actually. Yeah. Because I think a week ago it was cool. Last Tuesday, if I finish sure. spoil the ending, cool. Right. I feel like if a remake is announced, you got to like cool off on it for yeah. a while. Oh right? yeah. So like yeah, I think this game like once you see the ending, it is unlike any other Zelda game in the series. Mm-hmm. I think you will walk away from this game and be wow. I did if you've never played it and you're only familiar with maybe Breath of the Wild or more recent games, it'd be like, I didn't know a Zelda game could tug at my emotions like this. I didn't understand I could become so emotionally invested in this game and feel for the characters in this world to the extent that I did. I think it is a great kind of like polar opposite of Breath of the Wild's approach where Breath of the Wild is more about the the immersion in the world. Um, It is about interactivity with the world. There are nuggets of lore, just enough to string you along to go check out stuff, but I don't think it was crafted in a way that it had this like grand story and like a message to deliver to you through its narrative. Whereas Link's Awakening, it is, it has completely the point of that from the very beginning of that game. Um, Yoshiaki Koizumi, who presented this game in direct, mm-hmm. is actually one of the key figures who wrote the game story. That entire intro sequence that was so different from any Zelda game before it, uh, the storm sequence, he created that sequence. So part of it also. What do you mean he created that? Sequence? That was ho- his whole thing. He, he did the up, art. Came up with the idea for it. Oh, okay. Completely came up for it and like said we're starting the game with this. Yes. Um. But yeah, I I think people see that it's also a great one of the best examples of the older style of Zelda game. Um. And and the old two D classic Zelda style game. So they're updating it for people to enjoy now. I think this is like. One of the best ways for people to go back and get a small taste of this is what Zelda used to be. Mm-hmm. And now you have this perfect antithesis to Breath of the Wild, which is the more modern style, new direction Zelda is going. It's a good kind of like comparison. I think people will be able to draw from that. So those are the two biggest things I think is going to take uh, some will take away from that. Yeah, I get it. I get why you all picked uh, this game for most significant as well. Um, it's also nice that it'll be able to to fix the very minor things that you would want to be enhanced. Like to me, I think of Link's Awakening and the core of it is all there. It has amazing design. Uh, It has like an amazing aesthetic. um, And just the story as you've all spoken about is wonderful, but it's like, hey, we're getting in on a system that doesn't have two buttons. You're not gonna need to switch around items as much. And so like people will get to experience it in the absolute, hopefully the absolute best way. And I think as Damiani alluded to, it's so easy to jump into and appreciate. Like. It could be, it's, it's so good that if you told me, hey, this is the only Zelda game I played, I'd be like, all right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I love that it wasn't a forgotten game. I love that Nintendo seems to realize how important this game is. And maybe Damiani's right is that if Koizumi's in a, in a like in a high position, in an executive position, maybe he's, they're more inclined to like green light something like this. But still, I like that they're a company and that respects an old Game Boy like that. Yeah, I would but. also say if anyone likes Majora's Mask, and never played Link's Awakening by some chance, mm. I think you are really going to enjoy Link's Awakening. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're very, there's a lot of similarities between the two. The, the creation of both games, there's a lot of similarities between them. Um, that article that you, you linked to us, Bloodworth, like, I mean, 
people should go like check out that Nintendo World Report article. But um, a lot of the Iwata ask also, if you dig through those, they've like covered this as well. The fact that this game was just like Miyamoto, the d- dad was out. Miyamoto was kind of gone. Just work on something else. The team came together. Mm-hmm. They they said, can you make a game, a Zelda game on Game Boy? Can you do this? And they just went like wild with the concepts. In fact, like the funniest thing is that there's, you'll notice probably through the trailer, there's a lot of cameos of characters from other games in here. And uh, you're like, oh, that's cool. It seems obvious now because Nintendo, but back then they didn't get clearance for any of that. They just yep. they just used it, mm-hmm. threw them in there. Um, but same thing like Majora's Mask. Also, like they said, two years make a new Zelda game. This is make a game new Zelda game in a few years that is a portable experience of Zelda. Did a fantastic job with it. So the panel was incorrect. The most significant significant okay. game that was announced is Tetris 99. <laughs> uh, so uh, yes, yes. <laughs> this is a Tetris game, a multiplayer Tetris game, a battle royale Tetris game that was announced and released on the same day. This is free to play to anyone who has the Nintendo Online service, and it works, it functions, and it's extremely fun. Go nuts! That was I, really cool. That yeah. was extremely un Nintendo, I would say. I would not have expected this honestly the direction nintendo was going with adding stuff to their online for people who paid online services i didn't think they would just give you like a a free-to-play game like this i mean sorry game that's free if you have the online subscription um also yeah it seems so simple and obvious the concept of a battle royale like tetris um 99 versus 1 versus 99 concept and i'd like to honestly even though i haven't played it yet i watched Kyle stream it. Mm-hmm. I've heard Bloodworth uh, mentioned that he finally got a, like a first place finish on it as well. Um, everything I've seen and heard about it sounds great, and I realized this is what I would like Nintendo to focus on going forward um, to enhance their online subscription. Yes. Like this is something that would entice more people, I think, to jump jump on more so than even virtual console stuff. Oh yeah, like adding more systems and games. This is something I think that they need to capitalize on, and sooner than later. Uh, I, I think they need to look at this and be what other games like you know Dr. Mario World <laughs> yeah. like that I mean, that's a mobile initiative but like heck that was a game that like Dr. Mario like Switch Online like, there you go I like so, how you touch on this yeah uh, because Damiani uh, the developer of Tetris 99 is Arika uh, who made a bunch of those online Dr. Mario games for Nintendo they were probably more qualified to make this game than anyone and I think is a big reason why this game exists. I wonder if they approach Nintendo for this more than Nintendo saying, hey, we need a Battle Royale game that's Tetris. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. And so I think that's interesting. Uh, they're also the, they made uh, the Street Fighter EX series. That's why the studio started. And they made Fighting Layer EX, which we talked about a couple of times last year. Um, but still, like, Ford and Nintendo developing these puzzle online games, way cool. Uh, I just wonder what their capacity is for this. I, I, the game is clearly, uh, there are mo- more modes coming. Uh, Nintendo said, right, Damiani, that there will be events, but also... More uh, online events are coming. Uh, other modes have been found. Uh, uh, what do we call that when you're... you're data not, mining? Data mining, thank you. Uh, versus computer, you can do 99 like players. The other can be, just be computers. Uh, team battles are coming, and also marathon mode, where you're just playing regular Tetris on your own. Um, versus computer seems like just a way to get people to be able to play wait, that wait. when they're on a plane or something. Yeah. Wait, is it 99 human players versus like an AI? No, that'd or, be so fun. Like, it's just like, like an super... extremely intelligent yeah, that's robot. Why, that's, sorry, that's what I thought. It's like, so like cool. a deep blue here. You're no, like... I should explain that better. It's, it's offline mode, basically. Okay. You're just playing it against 98. I think it's 99 total. Gotcha. Damiani. Because they fill up both both screens. 
there's like an even number. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. So it's, you are the 99th. You start in 99th place. Gotcha. Right, 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 right. Yeah, there's no 100. It's okay. It's okay. Hundred, hundred's coming. <laughs> just watch. Uh, <laughs> they just add one. Yeah. <laughs> this is the sequel, Tetris 100. <laughs> hey, Tetris 100, I gotta play that. Uh, so I do, I wonder what the rest of the release of this game will be. It was kind of, you know, it's strange, not even rumored, just a shadow drop, but also mm. like no explanation of how to play this game. Right? I feel like <laughs> this Tetris 99 really speaks to the power of the Nintendo Direct mm-hmm. because I think if I just would have read about this on a website or in a press release through an email, I would have been like, oh, that sounds weird, and then I probably would have forgotten about it. Mm-hmm. But the way that they built it up and like kind of the spiel beforehand, like this is what you're going to be doing, and then bundling that with you got to play it right now, it felt exciting. Yeah. Um, and it clearly worked for them. It's getting a lot of buzz. So, uh, um, Yeah, truly exciting thing, uh, Nintendo Direct Magic. Uh, I think the last huge game announcement is Astral Chain. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now this is a uh, uh, we'll say it's an action game, straight up action game. Uh, you're two future cops, or you're one of two future cops, and you have a robot buddy. Uh, your robot buddy can be different robot buddies. Is it a robot? Yeah. What do you think? They're more like phantoms. Something I mean, it's called like Astral that. Chain. Yeah. You're right. I think you've like captured this thing like a Pokemon somehow. Sure. Yeah. yeah it's some sort of stand that you're handcuffed to. Uh, Ben's like, eyes lit up when I said stand, uh, but uh, basically in combat, it's like it's like a second character. It looks like when you're comboing, that your stand is also fighting with you. Um, weird announcement uh, gets better where at near the end you learn this is developed by Platinum, so it gives you like some confidence in this. Uh, but also we learn that the director of this game is Takahisa Tora, who is the combat and gameplay director of Nier Automata. So now we have a lot of confidence in how this game will play. Yeah. What, yeah. I, what I liked about the Astral Chain announcement, though, is I was sold before we like got to... The, the details. Like, I thought just the world, the aesthetic, the energy that the trailer had was exciting enough. Mm-hmm. And then to learn all of this, it's like, ah, okay, now now these two things are combining uh, in a way that was really exciting. But I love that I still would have been interested in this game had I not known any of that stuff. And I think it just kind of spoke to the trailer. Like, it was a fun trailer to watch. Sure. Yeah, it's kind of like the opposite of uh, how, like, a Kojima trailer does, right? <laughs> it's like you start off with, like, Here's Kojima, and then like here's you know Del Toro or whoever he's working with. You know, it's like you just get all these names out there in front. It's like okay, get ready to see gameplay it. last. Yeah if, yeah, if any. Yeah, and yeah. and this is like all right. Here's this weird thing. Let's go. Okay, here's something else. Here's mm-hmm. some music. Here's a, another crazy scene, and then and then we start to get in like okay, that's who's making this. It's pretty cool. Uh, and another detail I absolutely should add: August thirtieth of this year is when this brand new game that was just announced is coming out. Really nice. Really nice. If I would say, uh, so let's look at Switch new IP. Uh, yeah, it's six months. Published by Nintendo. Uh, one two Switch. Yeah. What? What about one two Switch? I'm oh, trying to think of new IP published oh, by Nintendo. I you're going in order here. I was like, I am, <laughs> I am going in order, but arms. also like yeah. arms. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Arms is huge. Yeah. I mean, do you want to count the uh, ra- uh, not rabbits? Uh, Oh my gosh. Oh, Mario, Mario Rabbit's Rabbit Kingdom, Kingdom Battle. That's Battle. a weird one. Yeah. Can't count it. I'm afraid I can't count that. Can't, yeah, can't neither one of those it. are new. Yeah. <laughs> can't count. Uh, snipper clips you could count. Yeah, uh, sure. That weird little, like... Sushi Striker. Is Damon yeah, X yeah. Machina published by Nintendo? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then that will absolutely count. And so it's cool to see, like, this ball rolling, I think, mm-hmm. just to see this kind of thing happening. Um, 
Will this game flourish? I hope so. I feel like we need to see more. Like, we need to see raw gameplay. Because, I mean, it's like gameplay-esque shots, but, like, I don't know that there's anything in there that was, like, this, super, like, directly like somebody playing. I think more than that, it needs that Devil May Cry 5 demo. Yeah. Just play it. Mm-hmm. I think that's what this totally needs. I think you're right on that, Blood, is that, like, it, w- this game is sold gameplay first. I think it was developed gameplay first. I think there's a high chance of that demo happening. Yeah. yeah. That'd be really, really cool. That's, your, that's your E3 shadow drop there. Oh, the demo itself? Yeah. Yeah. Right, because it comes out in August. They'll have that demo ready to go. Yeah. Cool. Astral Chain. Uh, one more game announcement that I think kind of like flew under the radar. Didn't get a lot of attention. Not a lot of people talking about it afterward. Oninaki. Oninaki is another game from Tokyo RPG Factory uh, who made I Am Setsuna and Lost Sphere. It's an action RPG as opposed to those games which were uh, oh, sure. basically turn-based. Um, same kind of perspective, though. You're looking down, but the way that this game was kind of sold to us is that in cutscenes you see close-ups of their faces, which was missing from those other two games as they were kind of Super Nintendo-inspired. Um, in Oninaki, you travel to the Dark Realm uh, to team up with ghosts who then are friends with you, and much like Astral Chain, in, in mid-combat they'll be doing stuff. So, like, you do a couple attacks, and then your ghost does a couple attacks, and you're comboing together. Some sort of percentage goes up in the lower left-hand corner that I assume is some sort of connection you have with your ghost. Not sure. Uh, this game, I think, didn't spark. You know what I mean? I, I don't think it lit up the direct. And I want to know if the panel agrees with that. I almost feel like it It, it kind of wasn't trying to, that it was like a, a almost a feather in a cap, where it's like, huh, we're going okay. to introduce this to you now, mm-hmm. And that way, when we reintroduce it to you, you'll have some context. You'll be like, oh, yeah, that looked kind of interesting. I'm ready to know more. Sure. Planting the seed. I remember a big issue with Lost Sphere was its price. Yeah. I, I can't mm. remember if it was 45 or 40 but it was... Probably it, 40 It was more than I'm Setsuna. And I wonder how much they can charge for Oninaki. And I don't think it's 45 Well, I, f- I mean, I didn't play Lost Sphere, yes. but just... It seemed like the general consensus was it didn't justify that price right. as well, which was more of the issue than, than the price itself, yeah. And it's so weird. I hate talking about prices. Like, it should be inconsequential, right? But it's it's totally not in a weird way. I think we all place values on things. And I just... Uh, I worry about this game. I, I worry about it. It's... Whoa. 50 for Lost Sphere. Ian bringing in the facts. Lost Sphere was 50 US dollars? That's why. <laughs> That's what it says on Nintendo.com, yeah. Oninaki I will say, cannot be that. Oninaki can't be. This looks more visually interesting to me it does. than the yeah. other two games. Yeah. So. It at least has that, yeah, that, that action combat. But I mean, like, the story, Ben. Are you excited about any element of playing as this character? I, I It's hard for me to comment because based on the very little that I saw, it's that, hey, I'm intrigued in this vibe, mm-hmm. and, and I don't know enough details. I don't, I don't feel like I've gotten to spend enough time with this game in any sense to really be like, yeah, I'm excited for the story. What you're telling me sounds cool, but I just need to know more. It's just sometimes like I, I just worry that in marketing, these games just focus on the wrong stuff. Like Absolutely. you go to the Oninaki website, it's got the trailer, but then it's got like a poem about the game's premise. And nothing else. <laughs> I was like, that, that, isn't what, that is not what the people come to you for. But that's I, what they focus on. I actually feel like they've, they are doing that again with Dragon Quest XI Definitive Edition and what they did with Dragon Quest XI, where they, they like talk about the plot. And it's like, this, 
this is not the way to sell yes. this game. Yes. This, to, to sell this game, I think you need to have a little bit more fun with how you're you're doing it. I don't exactly. Know. They, that. They, it's just kind of straightforward and flat, I guess would be the word I would use. Hop in there, Ian. What's up? Oh, I was just going to say the thing about Oninaki that was kind of bonkers to me was like, it seems like the concept is uh, there's reincarnation, and if you die and you're lost in the middle realm, your choices are become a monster or be enslaved into battle forever by this player character. Which would you choose? I don't know. Monster, I guess. <laughs> Freedom, baby. Uh, let's say uh, your your soul could evaporate forever or you could live on as a monster. Oh, Which would evaporate. you choose? You would choose the evaporate? I would embrace the nothingness. I'd go monster, I think. Panel? Have a little monster. fun. <laughs> Have a little fun and then become nothing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're going to be nothing eventually. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. Okay. Uh, all right. I can almost hear podcast halftime coming. So we have to pick which game we're going to talk about next. It could be either Rune Factory 5, Box Boy and Box Girl, or that Tsum Tsum game. Oh. <laughs> uh, I mean, Box Boy is fascinating to me. Let's do I don't Let's know do anything about the series, but like somehow it's like gotten its own little uh, niche following. I'm kind of mad about it, Blood. Do you know what the last Box Boy game was called? Uh, no. Bye-bye, Box Boy. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> it was supposed to be the last game. <laughs> right. And now Box it, Girl shows up. It, like, it even had an amiibo, Is right? bye-bye, Box Boy, depressing? Is there a... I mean, Ian, we need a fact check. I need to see I'm a Box Boy sure amiibo. I'm pretty sure somehow... I'm checking. There was an amiibo or something. I think something it's a celebration. Like that, some kind of merchandise. it's a celebration of bye-bye, Box Boy. It's not. Okay. It's not bye-bye, Box Boy. So this is... Uh, I mean, like, the way you just advertise, like, 270 levels... Like, be excited. This game has 270 levels. You'll play as Cutie as well. And I'm like, no, that's too many. And I wonder if the appeal is, it is, is I guess this is, you could call it a raw puzzle game. I don't think there's a huge platforming aspect to it. I wonder if that's just like a Sudoku book that you pick up at the grocery store, 270 puzzles. Is that like why they say 270? Mm. I mean, they said 270, but they're making the point as like the most puzzles ever in any of the entries. That's mm. not what I want in a video game. I don't want like the most puzzles. I guess it sounds to me, it sounds like it's trying to be comprehensive. It's that if you maybe if you haven't played any of them or if you really played one of them, you jump into this. It's like you're you're getting you're getting more than like you've ever bargained for in the previous ones. As a new person, it's like maybe you misread that as oh, it's it's everything I got like you got before or oh, Ian oh. Ian's coming in, Damiani. Hold on a second. Sorry. Uh, okay, yes. I'm being interrupted. There does okay. seem to be a <laughs> a QB, I guess is his name. Uh, there's a there's a Japanese only QB amiibo uh, where he's you know just a white cube with two dots and some legs. Uh, <laughs> we need this immediately. How does it how does it stand? There. It's just kind of. There it is. Yep. Like I knew I'd seen it before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's it's pretty cute. Kinda, yeah. I gotta say that's a nice amiibo. Uh, if you're curious at home how it stands, it's got one of those uh, Smash Bros. Amiibo like plastic holders, like a tube of, of translucent plastic that's keeping it upright. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's cool. It's a game from HAL Laboratories, right? It's its its, its own definite thing that just like keeps appearing. Um, I think, I I think you're going not? too hard on the 270 puzzles. I'm I mean, it all comes yeah. down I don't to like how you it. present it. If it's a couple of minutes for each level. Mm-hmm. That could be fine. And Ben, I like. I'm also like mad about Box Girl, like Box Boy being a box with two eyes. Sure, the bow, the, the bow's bow, getting you. dude. Yeah. The I, bow and the. Kyle, uh, huh. I thought I thought the same thing when uh, I saw uh, it. Like yeah. I was like, come yeah. on, man. 
Box girl doesn't need a bow to yeah. be a girl. <laughs> Y'all hear that? It sounds like it's podcast <laughs> halftime. The following are the official sponsors of Easy Allies for the month of February. Sweet Justice, a sound design company from the southern shores of the UK. They've worked on some of the biggest AAA titles, the most refreshing indie titles, and have collaborated with the best development teams in the world. El Thanis, Mango, D-Magnet, a VR puzzle adventure developed by Bitcake Studio. Use your magnetic-powered gloves to solve puzzles and make your way to the top of a mysterious underground cavern. D-Magnet presents a variety of original magnetism mechanics that evolve as you find out more about what's happening around you. Coming later 2019 to major VR platforms. Get more info at dmagnet.com or check out the Steam Store page and add it to your wish list. Car Keys Express iKeyless.com is now carkeysexpress.com slash store. They continue to offer replacement car keys for less than the dealership and remain proud sponsors of Easy Allies. Use the coupon code EZA at checkout for free shipping and 10% off of your order. The Hashcast. Do you miss GT Live? Well, so did the Hashtagonist. To fill the hole in his heart, he took what he loved from GT Live and created his own show. The Hashcast is a weekly podcast with guests way cooler and way more interesting than the Hashtagonist himself. Professionals from the gaming, movie, and tech industry share their stories to provide you with some unique insight on their careers, their passions, and why they love doing what they do. Of course, there's also a healthy dose of shenanigans and wholesome heart-to-heart discussions. Check out the recent episode with Ian Hank to get a taste for what the show has to offer, and if you like it, feel free to smash that subscribe button. Hogue Law, business law firm. Whether you're starting a business at level one, stuck fighting the dreaded fundraising boss, or finally cashing out with a well-earned high score, you need a good business lawyer at your side. And now, that good business lawyer has a new YouTube series. Like Help Us Out Hogue, Virtual Legality is all about Hogue discussing the news of the day in the law and business of video games. Kyle Bossman calls it well-researched and comprehensive, much unlike the Easy Allies podcast. Check out Virtual Legality at youtube.com slash H-O-E-G law. Children's Miracle Network. More than 10 million kids enter a children's hospital across North America every year. To provide the best care for kids, children's hospitals rely on donations and community support. Since 1983, Children's Miracle Network Hospitals has helped fill those funding gaps by raising more than $5 billion, most of it $1 at a time. Its various fundraising partners and programs support the nonprofit's mission to save and improve the lives of as many children as possible. The link to donate is in the description. And our mega sponsor, FantasyCritic.Games. Fantasy Critic is a new site where video gaming meets fantasy football. Grab your friends, create a league, and face off as you predict what the year's top-rated video games will be. Just like fantasy football, you'll hold a draft and stock your roster with the hottest up-and-coming titles. At the end of the year, the player with the best lineup of games based on review scores courtesy of OpenCritic.com will be crowned the winner. Think you know what games will come out on top? Head to fantasycritic.games now and play for free forever. Also check out their Twitter and subreddit to follow news about upcoming features. All of these links are available in the description. Thank you to our sponsors. Thank you, Bloodworth. That was great. Uh, you know, I wonder if I should have talked about this at the top of the podcast, but to me, I don't know if this rumor is as juicy as this rumor sounds. Talking about Scalebound. Talking about this rumor that popped up, okay. that Nintendo is reviving Scalebound, mm-hmm. that that game that 
Microsoft was going to publish. Uh, Platinum was developing that game. Uh, we saw it for a couple of years at E3. Uh, disappeared at the beginning of 2017? 2016, I think, actually. Um, uh, let's go. Let's take this step by step because I feel like sure. you as the listener deserve to be on top of this and, and maybe why I'm not like way into it. So uh, uh, kind of funny games daily. It's a daily podcast where you can listen to people talk about video games. Uh, pretty good. Uh, on uh, the February 13th episode, uh, Game Informer's Imran Khan was there. And at some point... He was willing to get, like, a little juicy. He was willing to say, like, hey, here's a direct quote. There's a game that's thought to be dead that Nintendo's reviving, and it is not one that people would expect. It was very much a title that was dead and buried, very officially canceled. I've heard enough about this game. Oh, sorry. Uh, I've heard enough about this game that he's almost sure that it exists again. He's almost sure. I, I guess I pulled that from another article. Anyway, I've heard about this enough about the game that I'm sh- almost sure it exists again. Um, <laughs> so the, that's the juiciest kind of rumor, this open-ended rumor, a dead game, Nintendo reviving a dead game. He wasn't sure enough to... Um, oh, that's why I pulled that. Okay, so sorry. I pulled... Uh, uh, Sorry, I pulled that from Nintendo Insider. Um, uh, we'll get to that eventually. Actually, so Imran said, hey, I'm not, I don't have enough sources on this to publish this article myself. I'm just talking on a podcast, right? He's like, I, I, I can't say for sure that this is happening. I haven't written my own article on Game Informer about this yet because I don't know. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then a few days later, after we're all like, whoa, look at, is it Mega Man Legends 3? It is. It's for sure Mega Man Legends 3. What else could it be? <laughs> Uh, uh, then Nintendo Insider uh, uh, on February 18th said, hey, it's Scalebound. I have multiple sources. I feel very confident that this is the game that's being talked about, that Nintendo is, in fact, reviving Scalebound. Sometimes when a rumor like that pops up, you'll see Eurogamer say, yeah, we heard that too. You'll see Kotaku say, yeah, we heard that too. Yeah. Uh, you're not really getting that this time. Hmm. And that's maybe why I'm not sure this is like the real deal kind of rumor that, that catches oh, fire. Sorry if I'm getting this wrong, but I thought also Alana Pierce uh, said last year they heard this around E3 time as well. I saw her tweet that she heard it in June. Yeah. Hmm. Um, actually, you're right. It, and I think Trier actually said like he had and heard he this rumor back last summer. Take yeah. Two, yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of happening, actually. It's kind People, of happening, yeah. but nobody's like publishing it, right, Damiani? Nobody's willing to do reports. Other than probably because they all got burnt with the Star Fox Grand Prix. Remember? That's what I was yeah. going to say. Is after uh, Star Fox Grand Prix, <laughs> we got burnt. It's yeah. hard to be as trusting. Like, and yeah. then when Astral Chain shows up, it's like, where were you on that one, leakers? Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's like, please stop leaking. Uh, uh, but there's oh, what, what if? Huh? What if Astral Chain is scalebound in some weird way? Oh, blood! There are some people guessing that that could be, but I don't what? think that's true. No. The reason is so. We just jumped to conclusion that it's scalebound. By the way, I didn't know if there's any more to your story that you wanted to do before we uh, Im- the, the thing so that tipped it towards scalebound. Imran is he's rarely mm-hmm. wrong, right? Like I, I trust his hunch there. I'm just not, I'm not buying a scalebound, dude. What what? Why do you buy it? So the reason I think it would be scalebound and why I don't think scalebound's astral chain is because Kamiya said that scalebound was his dream project. That this mm. was something he really wanted to do, mm-hmm. and the fact. If there was an opportunity for him to see that dream realized and given that opportunity, I think he would take it. Given Nintendo's working relationship with Platinum, it's really good. They helped 
keep Bayonetta going. There would be no Bayonetta without Nintendo. So they have reached out and made their dreams possible, made their pro- given them a lot of good work. I could see, as long as it's true that the Internet sleuthing found that the IP did go back to Platinum and Microsoft no longer owns the Scalebound IP. Trademark. Trademark. What, there's, there's know, a, there is a difference yeah, there. There's a huge difference the there. game didn't exist, yeah. yeah. Um, as long as that is true, I could totally see Nintendo, like them talking and Kami being, I really wish I could do that. And Nintendo's like, hmm, you know what? If we were to make this happen, you know, would you, would you still want to do it? And he's probably like, yes, let's do this. And I think it's going to happen because, yeah, it's his dream project. Also, <laughs> don't I mean, it's always I mean, not with the not, not with mean spirits here, but how bad would it make Microsoft look if they canceled Scalebound? Nintendo picks it up, it comes out. It's Kamiya's dream project. It's amazing, blows everyone away. And remember what they canceled it for: the games they announced in Scalebound's place, all being kind of rough. Not that great. With the most recent being Crackdown Three, Crackdown Three was uh, it wasn't announced in its place. I mean, they came out afterwards. Like these are the games that like you're still supporting these games, and you cancel this. this, Yeah, I actually think that there was a specific point uh, when Microsoft canceled Scalebound. They're like, "Hey, don't worry, we've got other good games coming, like Crackdown Three. Blood. I want to pull up that quote because you're right. I bet I bet that quote is hilarious. It's a Phil Spencer quote. Yeah. It was. Um, it was. Don't it would, worry. It was. It was tied to the actual PR of that exact same announcement. Pretty sure it was. Yeah. It would be a huge egg on their face if this happened. Uh, I don't think banjo, banjo, and Smash would be happening after this. But Damiani, like, there'd still have to be some deal between Nintendo and Microsoft. Like, the, the trademark isn't the entire ownership of an IP, right? It's just. Uh, an element of it. Uh, basically, if if work is done for you, like that's that belongs to you, right? Like, simple example. Uh, uh, I didn't trademark Final Bossman. IGN still owns it. Yeah, but they, can they start from scratch and make new, brand new assets? As long as as long as they didn't take the code or assets that they produced for Microsoft, it's like Scarbert. <laughs> I thought the trademark is Scalebound. They can still call it Scalebound. Yeah, I guess. Uh, ooh, ooh, Ian has the quote. Yeah, I want to hear this. You're killing it today. And so now we go over to Ian. Uh, well, this is uh, not the quote directly from the stage, but it's from oh, the wow. Polygon article. Uh, a representative, a spokesperson from Microsoft said the following. After careful deliberation, Microsoft Studios has come to the, de- the decision to end production for Scalebound. We're working hard to deliver an amazing lineup of games for our fans this year, including Halo Wars 2, Crackdown 3, State of Decay 2, Sea of Thieves, and other great experiences. Mm. This was from January 9th, 2017. So it was the beginning of 2017 they canceled that. Crazy. Um <laughs> Hey, you know what? Sea of Thieves? Can't hate it anymore. Can't do it. I can't muster it. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. Tommyana, you made a great case. We'll see, man. We'll see. Like, I think even if it is happening, we won't see this announcement. Oh, yeah. No, no it's not right. entirely soon. I agree. And so it's hard. It's hard for me to get excited about that. Um, but also, it's hard for me to get excited about Scalebound. Hey, that's your dream game, but, like, I never got well, it, Well, there's two sides of that, man. There's the side that Microsoft saw it and said, probably, like, they argue, it didn't look like it was a good state. We don't, like, we don't believe in this project. Yeah. But there's a uh, there's the other argument, the other side, where it's Kamiya had a vision for a game. Microsoft kept forcing him them the to do stuff that they didn't want to do, and both, like, they probably said, like, like they probably just said, screw this. You know, it could have been they said, no, we don't want to do this anymore for you. We're out or something. Or, mm-hmm. you know, who knows? We don't know the story. There's two sides to every story with that. 
I, I could see it easily have gone that way where Kami and his team just got fed up and we're not having a good time. And Nintendo is offering him that opportunity. No, like your vision. We will not put any restrictions on it. No demands of you. Make it happen. Like you, you've done such great work for us in the past. Um, but again, as we said at the beginning, <laughs> these are rumors. Yeah. Like I, I, this sounds great and sounds believable, but yeah, no, it's not a sure thing. Like, watch it be some yeah, other it's, obvious it's, game we didn't think of. It's like, it was that. Oh, yeah, of course. It's this great match of something that's, like, very, very unlikely, but also plausible. Mm-hmm. You know? So it's, like, so yeah, it's yeah. like, yeah, why not? It's podcast fodder. Yeah. Uh, speaking of podcast fodder, it's time for a very popular segment. Yeah. Yeah. Razer announced this week that the 10-month-old Razer Game Store will shut down forever at the end of the month. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and now time for a new segment. It's called The Gaming Game. What's going to happen is we had a lot of new releases recently. It's hard for anybody to choose one, right? It's hard to pick. What am I supposed to play? So each of our panelists here will open their little cards. They're going to represent a game. And then dating game style, Ian will ask you all questions. Uh, you must answer them as that game. You want to support this game. You are on this game's side. Uh, panelists, please uh, open your cards. Ian, how are you feeling about this? I feel good about it. I feel good. Okay. Do we right. do we say what our game is, or do we just? Oh, we'll say, say at the end. We'll reveal at the, at the end, end what game you were. Yes. Okay. Do, they, do they have numbers? Uh, we'll like we'll say A, B, and C. One? Okay. Game A. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just for everybody, Bloodworth is game A. Uh, ben is game B. Damiani is game C. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Ian. Um, game A, uh, are you a single player or multiplayer experience? Bloodworth, that's you? Uh, I can go both ways. <laughs> <laughs> this segment paid off immediately. <laughs> All right, Ian, go ahead. Uh, uh, <laughs> game number two, um, do you have good faces? Ooh. Good? Yes. <laughs> Great. Uh. Okay. Okay. Very honest. Uh, game number three is C. Game C. Uh, uh, money's a little tight. Will you break the bank on our first date? <laughs> no. Ooh. Ooh. I love a cheap date. All right. Um... <laughs> Game number A, I'm curious, uh, you said you, you could go both ways. Uh, how, how else might you shock and titillate me? <laughs> Fair question. Open-ended, I like that too. Uh, uh, A great pause. <laughs> Uh, you might uh, you might get to see some things uh, collapse. Ooh. <clears throat> okay. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. That will shock and titillate you. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> game B. The approval of others, sadly, is very important to me. Mm. Uh, how well uh, have you been received? Let me put it to you this way. <laughs> I will definitely be a topic of conversation. <laughs> Ooh. Great wow, answer. that was really good. Great yeah, answer. great answer. Great answer. Um, and, and game C. Uh, <sighs> Sounds like you said DMC for a second. <laughs> uh, game DMC. Um, game C. Uh, 
I like I like when uh you know I like my date to be someone who is uh you know popular and and when when they get out of the limousine I I like when people ooh and ah uh, were you heavily anticipated before your release I will say this I was relatively unknown but when I when I made my debut <laughs> All cameras were on me. Yeah. <laughs> Shadowy. Um, uh, Game C, if you could describe yourself in three words, uh, mm. like, for example, tall, dark, and handsome, uh, how, how would you describe yourself? Game C. Hmm. Free to play. <laughs> 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 Kyle, I believe I've made my decision. Okay, all right. So before you made, uh, ma all right, tell us who you're picking. Game C. Okay, so uh, before we reveal who Game C is, uh, Bloodworth, what is your game? Wait, should I guess first? Oh yeah, let's see if you can guess. Actually, my guess for Bloodworth is Crackdown Three. Yeah, you are. Yes, Bloodworth was in fact Crackdown Three. I think that Ben might be Jump Force. No, oh, no. Okay, I can see why you would say that. <laughs> and then, uh, I think Damian is Apex <laughs> Legends. Apex Sorry. Legends for Damian? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, ben, reveal who you are. I was Anthem. Oh, um, okay, okay. The topic of conversation. <laughs> topic I love that part. Uh, and then, yes, Ian, you won a date with Apex Legends. Great. Pick me up at seven. <laughs> <laughs> I think you made a good choice. <laughs> me too. Yeah, not bad. You ended up with a little, probably, yeah, okay. <laughs> I don't want to say the yeah, best game. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to say you the best have, game. It doesn't yeah, okay. feel right, All but right. yeah. yeah. Uh, it's now time for Love and Respect. Love and Respect. Ooh, 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 ooh. Yeah, we got to do this one. This is a big, chunky one. I'm going to have to reduce this. But uh, if you want to Step call back me, from that ledge, man. Um, <laughs> it's our 150th episode. You may have not realized oh, this. No. This is 150. And I don't like, I didn't want to do anything special, but Brandon Kagan wrote this this huge comment that's like, hey, you know what? 150 is a big deal. So let's go through this a little bit. So from Baron and Kagan, hey everyone, congratulations on re reaching this, the 150th main episode of the Easy Lies podcast. Last time I submitted something like this, it was all about Easy A hitting 150 reviews. So I thought it'd be fun to focus on this very podcast. While it was harder to pull interesting facts considering there are multiple components of just one podcast as opposed to a single review, and I had 150 podcasts to look over, I thought it would be fun. Uh, I've pulled some fun trivia regarding various episodes over the course of EZA. First EZA podcast, dated March 23rd, 2016. The four allies, from camera left, right to left, Kyle Bossman, Ben Moore, Daniel Bloodworth, Brandon Jones. After the introduction of what Easy Allies was is, the first topic was, to quote the timestamp, the PlayStation 4K. Lifetime <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, And then the follow-up topic to that was Nintendo to end Wii U production. <laughs> Man. And then we had like the, we had a Wii U funeral stream. That was actually really fun. I didn't realize that was like early EZA. It's cool. Longest podcast was June 7th, 2017. It came in at two hours and 46 minutes long, 31 seconds. And that was... Not the E3 episode. That was a pre-E3 episode. Oh, we wow. had some game announcements, but then we also had, like, for some reason, 
the Sony discussion was an hour long. <laughs> we talked about what Sony will bring to E3 for an hour. Uh, uh, Brandon astutely notes that we will not be doing that this year. It's going to be a shorter one. <laughs> an hour shorter this year. Uh, shortest podcast came in at uh, 59 minutes, 52 seconds. That's podcast uh, from November 9th, 2016. Uh Pretty proud of that. It's not too short. Always try to like hit at least an hour. And I feel bad that I missed it by like a minute. One minute. No, I missed it by eight seconds. I could have just been like, ah. Uh, <laughs> we're going to hit it. My apologies. Um, you know we need an eight second clip of that. <laughs> uh, the 100th Easy Allies podcast, which was on February 21st, 2018, was the first of seven straight to use a... Th- to use a thumbnail and title, not including a date. So there was a period where we were experimenting yeah. with like cool thumbs and like catchy titles. Didn't, Probably too many things at the same time. Too many things at the same time. The audience did not like it. And I remember comments at the time just like, oh, he gives up after three weeks. It was seven weeks. Seven weeks of diminishing returns. People were abandoning the podcast. They didn't know how to find it. They just like it nice and simple for this podcast. I mean, we have like a nice, like space background now, but yeah, it's like, it's, you know, what I say about this audience is that they just like things plain and simple. They don't like anything like weird, obtuse. They don't like stupid jokes. They just like things nice and easy, <laughs> baby. <laughs> um, uh, okay. Yeah. We, we, we didn't do numbers in the podcast titles until the ninth podcast. Uh, Damiani. On May 18th, 2016, that was your first appearance on this very podcast. I always forget that you were like, you moved here for Easy Allies. Oh, yeah. That Like, you weren't yeah. there in that initial first stream, but then you, like, showed up, and you're like, hi, I'm here, everybody. I'm an Easy Ally. And everybody was like, yeah, oh, was yeah, clearly. What? That yeah, was the gag. What was the gag? The gag, yeah, well, you were just thinking. You all told me just, like, show up oh, yes. and act like. That <laughs> was. And it worked, I think. <laughs> we're big fans of that style. Gags? Yeah. Yeah, of, of just uh, being, of skits, like. skits, bits, and gag? scripted comedy stuff. Yeah. <laughs> just not acknowledging that it's a big deal. I worked so hard on my Pro Strats Only Please scripts. Uh, <laughs> is that a bit? <laughs> That's, that, in fact, is a bit. Uh, speaking of first appearances, the Easy Allies podcast lone guest has been Game Informer's Ben Hansen, yeah. who appeared on number 103 on March 14th, 2018. Only time I've ever had a guest. And what a guest, though. Yeah. I don't know how it could be topped. He actually brought a game. That was fun. Uh Let's just have him back again. Podcast number 46 uh, ties... Oh, we have a record for the most love and respect submissions in an episode. It's six. We did it twice in episode 46 and then 65. Haven't gotten close since. I'm lucky if I can get two in these days. Um, Let's pull pull one more fun fact. Oh, this one's kind of funny. Uh, uh, It's the number of openings that this podcast has had. So it's apparently seven. Now, I I thought maybe maybe I'm wrong in remembering this. Well, like bits or? No, the opening like, okay, welcome everybody. Here's our panel. And now it's time to play blank. Okay. Okay. Got it. So the the opening opening segment. Um, I thought for a while we did Beastie Boys raps. We did. Did, This is not in Brandon's records. 
I remember very time? vividly. I think it was part of Easy Eyes podcast. Yeah, it was. It was part of Easy Eyes podcast. Ben remembers yes. it vividly. Yes. In fact, yes, yes, yes. Uh, not part of this historical record. So I think there's actually been eight. I think that was the first one, and I think that was very short lived. I think we did it two or three times. We could not handle it. Yes. Um, <clears throat> ben, to me, it's like it kind of gives me confidence in that I know I can never do worse. I can never that. have a worse idea than that. <laughs> so, uh, but that, that one, what I think kind of shown it in its badness, you yeah. know, like sometimes badness can be entertained. Right. But yeah, don't do that again. Right, exactly. <laughs> uh, to be clear to everybody, what we're talking about is the dumb improv game in which you try to set up everybody to rap with you. So you're like... Um, uh, oh, yeah, that was that was easy. Honestly. My favorite candy's gummy bears! You know, and then we all try to rhyme with bears. Like, not... It's not a right way to start a podcast. I understand why Brandon tried to uh, erase that from history. Um, oh, wait. No, that's not what I was thinking. Brandon's just like the protector of this podcast. What was it when we did uh, kick some cheese tonight? That was that was GT time. That was we each come up with one word for a catchphrase. Okay. We, we took one turn taking a, a word. And kick I think you said cheese. cheese yeah. Yeah. That? I like that. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. <laughs> I don't want to. Okay, so then word of the day we did for a while. That started on uh, episode number 10. Um, then we did prove it ticket on episode number 19. And this was just, uh, I asked the panel to come up with a number one through 10. And then the person who's closest got the prove it ticket. Hmm. Do you remember that? Mm. No. It was like... It was another, like, word of the day was fun at first, but then, like, people just stopped doing it. <laughs> we just, like, Ian was really good at word of the day, but most of the time we just forgot oh, about the word yeah. by the end of the podcast. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Same happened with Prove It Ticket. Eventually, we just kind of stopped using it. Um, so then we started Goals on episode 47. Um, those lasted until episode 100. We did Goals for a long time. People still say, I miss Goals. And what I didn't reveal to them is that the panelists did not like coming up with Goals. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would be like, it'd be like time to start the podcast. I'm like ready for goals, everybody. And it'd be like another 30 of like staring at the ceiling and then like, okay, I'm good. I got one. Uh, it's fun, fun for a time, fun for uh, 53 episodes. Uh, then started and for that reason on episode 100. Uh, and that one only lasted uh, eight episodes. We eight episodes of and for that reason, which I thought we did way more of. Yeah. yeah. And for that, that reason is one of my favorites, show, I think. Yeah. And I, I think like that, that was it, Ian. I think the spinoff made it so we're just like, we're yeah. not going to do it in the podcast anymore. We're going to make it its own series. Uh, check out patreon.com slash easy allies if you want to see that series. Uh, so yeah. And then on 108, we started doing the objective, which was basically goals that were from patrons, but the, the goals were fake and they could never really actually do the objective. It was always just a silly goof. Still pretty fun segment. Uh, that ended with Recruit Me. Uh, which started episode 122, and then that lasted for until 144. We did Recruit Me for a while. Recruit yeah. Me's good. Uh, yeah, I liked Recruit Me. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, from uh, 144 to 150, to th- this very episode, uh, Pro Strats Only, please. Uh, very short-lived segment. Brandon called it the shortest lived, but no, in fact, Beastie Boys rap was the shortest lived opening segment. <laughs> and then Glenny's Cauldron, I was, I'm probably going to do this for probably like 90 <laughs> I can see this one lasting for maybe 90 episodes. Uh, Brandon has many more facts. We, we like we got to move on because like I want to cover more love and respects, but that, thank you for like digging in That's so great. many interesting things that have happened in this podcast. Um, Man, when you said only seven, I was like, that's or eight. That's I was like, that's far too few. But yeah, mm-hmm. I forgot how long we did some of those. Man, 
Goals. I can't believe we did goals for as long as so we did. Long. Over 50 episodes? Give me a break. You know what? Let's get a little saucy. Uh, this is a little saucy. Dear Easy A's, Tetris 99 has been dominating my life since last week, but it has highlighted one of the main issues with the Nintendo Switch. The crummy D-pad on the Pro Controller. Almost one out of ten times it reads my inputs incorrectly, making games where precise directional input is important like Tetris borderline unplayable. I switched to the Joy-Con clip, but wasn't really a fan of that D-pad just being separate buttons. I went out and bought an 8-bit dough SN30 Pro, and it's been smooth sailing so far. Anyway, looking up this issue with the Pro Controller online, and it seems like newer controllers still have the problem. I find this baffling. This has been a well-known issue since launch, but Nintendo has done next to nothing to address it. If Sony can get flack for not having crossplay, something that they never advertised to begin with, then why does Nintendo not get more flack for selling a faulty product for almost two years? Eleanor Peter. Have you heard of the Xbox 360 controller? Blood, this is honestly way worse. I relate to Peter. I don't think it's worse. It's way worse to get false drops. You're trying to play with that pro controller. It's like blup, blup, blup. It's like I didn't press down. I didn't press up. I didn't press up. But it thinks you pressed up, and so it smashes a piece down when you you obviously didn't want that piece smashed down. So I haven't had that controller? much of a problem with it. Yeah. Weird. You were playing with the Pro Controller when you played yeah. that game? And you never have a piece drop that you didn't want to drop. I was Very playing with the Pro rarely, Controller, but I did not even have a piece when I've had it happen, is like I, I know that, like, oh, yeah, I, I pushed upwards, yeah. And Ben, you too? Yeah, I haven't. I have not had this issue. I've seen other people have this issue. I believe that it is a real issue. Personally, I haven't had it. I thought you were talking about the Joy-Con thing, the left, D, like the buttons that aren't like an actual D-pad. That's a problem. Like yeah, I mean, like, like that was that was a stupid design decision so they could both be controllers, right? So right. Yeah. Yeah. Kyle, yeah. were you yeah. using a like around launch time Pro controller? Yeah, I okay. was in fact. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, mine too. Because the, the one I was launch. using was a little bit newer than that. Is it the it Splatoon the, one? It would no, it's the Xenoblade one. Oh, okay. So yeah, mine's uh, a launch. I use a launch one, and then I have a, a Hori uh, left Joy-Con that has like a normal D-pad on nice, it for, nice. for that. Yeah, and I, yeah, I've played NES games with the dead D-pad, and I haven't had an issue with it. You yeah, all I, sound I, crazy to me right I now. I swear I thought this was about the left Joy-Con, which I was totally on board. It's like it's weird that they. I mean, I would prefer that it was a more traditional design have a d-pad but i haven't had those kind of issues the way that like the xbox 360 would just be constant you would get false inputs from the 360 the 360 d-pad yeah because it was just a rocker it's also hard to like just yeah do like the direction you meant to do too yeah i did that was a bad d-pad as well yeah it's just nintendo is the best in the biz when it comes to d-pads yeah i don't know why they did the the way they did but at the same time like you're saying like in practice like in theory Okay, I don't like the design of this D-pad. In practice, I don't have that much of a problem with it. So, okay. I don't know. Damiani, hey. you have those uh, Nintendo Online NES controllers, right? Yeah, those are okay. replica NES controllers. But you, you can only those? use them with the NES stuff. Oh, I thought uh, you could use it on anything. They work on the system, so if I've ex- I haven't actually tried them in any other games. I know that you can move around the system firmware navigate through there with them. I think those would be great for Tetris 99, probably. Yeah, if they work somehow, for sure. Yeah, you wouldn't be able to select your opponents. Yeah, you need that. 
Uh, panel, that's why I like doing this thing. I thought it was like an issue that everyone hated and I was ready to rail against it, but clearly like uh, it might just be me and Peter. <laughs> If, like I just I I still like the pro controller. It's still good for games where I need to. I mean, it makes me one of those weird things where like it has to do with like how exactly you are comfortable holding a controller or sure. the size of your hands or just like where your thumbs end up resting. You know. I, yeah. I feel like I've seen other people complain about this, so yeah, I, I doubt it's saw, just you guys. Yeah, I thought I saw a headline today about Tetris ninety nine and Nintendo Switch D pad, but I didn't read it. I assumed it was like the Joy-Con, but if it's the pro controller D pad, and maybe. Yeah, yeah, there is something, and maybe it's unique to Tetris 99 for some reason. And it's weird. I actually like the button D-pad for Tetris. It is extremely precise. You know, you like click, 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 click. Oh, click, for click. the, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I actually yeah. don't mind it for that. Hmm. This is a cute game. Let's play this. Hi, Alice. Here's a simple game for you. You will hear the name of a PSN trophy and three options for which games it's from. <laughs> Pick the right one. Okay. That First trophy. Game. It's called Mui Mui's Charm. Is that from Patapon, Loco Roco, or Ho-Hokum? I'll do Loco Roco. That is correct, Damiani. Wow. Uh, the trophy is, uh, here's a prize from Mui Mui for completing World 1. Huh? Okay, it's going to get harder. Okay. Did somebody call the Wambulance? Is that from Grand Theft Auto Vice City, Cell Damage HD, or Twisted Metal PS3? Twisted Cell Metal. Damage. Grand Theft Auto Vice City. Oh, really? Which must be the remaster, right? For it to have trophies. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, does the PS2 version support trophies? No, dude. Uh, what? Do you well, well, wait. No, no, no. Yeah, when they do when they do the yeah, PS2 on PS4, they do. Yes, yes, yes. So that's because Rogue Galaxy had yeah trophies. Very sneaky. You get that for completing the paramedic mission in level twelve. Eight thousand reasons to kick butt. Is that from Spyro: Year of the Dragon, Knack, or Sly Cooper: Band of Thieves? I'm just gonna say Knack. Sly Cooper? No, it's Spyro. Oh. Wow. Spyro 1? Or uh, one Spyro, of, you're the dragon. The yeah. third one. Uh, okay, I didn't get that trophy. Midnight Mountain, get revenge on money bags. <laughs> That's a good one. So I'm assuming he's like, give me 8,000 gems, and then you like kick his butt. At yeah, him. that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. I forgot they did that in the third one. In the second one, you hate him the whole time, and he kind of gets away with it, so it's kind of fun in the third one. I think one. if you uh, just give me that, the second option, one, he doesn't get away with it. The second one? I thought the second one, money bags doesn't get away with it either. Pretty sure. <laughs> Does like Ripto chase him or something? Man, I can now remember it. Just beat it. Bweep, bweep, bweep. Is that from <laughs> Prototype 2, Ratchet and Clank, or Infamous Second Son? Ratchet and Clank. Infamous Second Son. There we go. It is. Yeah. Blood, I'm positive you had this one too. Collect half of the blast shards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, Infamous and Infamous Second Son were like the first two platinums. I don't even have that many more platinums after that. So you, you got the platinum in Infamous Second yeah. Son. Cool. He loves blast shards. Uh, so, Blood, tell me what the bleeps would actually sound like in the game. Oh, I, I couldn't remember at this point. Oh, okay. <laughs> that was a long time ago now. Oh, this is very funny. All right, it starts with an ellipsis. I did it for the trophy. Is that from Dead or Alive Extreme 3, Yakuza 0, or Cartoon Network Battle Crashers? Yakuza? Cartoon Network Battle Crashers? It is crashers? from Yakuza. Woo. Ben, what do you think you have to do to get this trophy? Something naughty. You have to watch a sexy <laughs> video. That's what I thought. How do I watch a sexy video in Yakuza 0? Uh, you can go and you can... you can. Oh, there's a video yeah. store. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there yeah. sure are. What a perfect name for that trophy. I know, I did it for the trophy. Why? Why make that a trophy? Oh. Too cute. Dark wings fly away in fear. Is that from Batman Arkham Knight, 
Bloodborne or Castlevania Lords of Shadow 2? I'm going to guess Lords of Shadow 2. Bloodborne? Batman. It's Batman. Oh, <laughs> oh Batman seems too obvious. Man, we're bad at this game. It's not Bloodborne, for sure. Um, Arkham Knight, the, the, all of the description says, what is the cloudburst? So I guess if you figure out what the cloudburst is, you get that trophy. Thanks, Johan. Is that from Goat Simulator, Unravel, or What Remains of Edith Finch? Goat Unravel? Simulator. Edith Finch? Edith Finch. Nice. Really? You get that for seeing Johan's name in the ending credits. Oh. Oh. Hmm. That's a that's nice cute. you know what? That's a nice trophy. Final one. Immortal Photobomb. Is that from Gravity Rush Remastered, Final Fantasy Fifteen, or Fatal Frame Three, The Tormented? Final Fantasy Fifteen? Gravity Rush. Fifteen. Do you nice. know what it's for, Damiani? I got all the trophies. Is that um, the... when you take photos, um one of the uh characters will sometimes randomly appear in them. Do you know right. her name, Bloodworth? Mm, I don't remember her name. Gentiana. There okay. you go. Yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, yeah. 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 Exactly. Sometimes, like, she'll just appear mysteriously. Yeah. I think one of the dogs will too. Um, man, I, Final Fantasy fifteen, very good game. Anyway, uh, that's like it. Kyle, I, uh, I feel a like great shame that the only one I got was the pervy one. No great shame. No. 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 <laughs> and that honestly was not the only pervy one. Oh. <laughs> I think Weep Weep Weep's the most pervy, if you ask me. The most pervy? Yeah. Yeah, so you're saying that Bloodworth gets that. (laughs) Uh, Dominic, thank you for submitting that game to us. It is now time for bets. Uh, Next week's bet. Anthem will be released for everyone on Friday, February 22nd. That's not right. Why? It's going into beta. What? Anthem? No, that's the release. Oh, date. Ben. Ooh. You had me, man. Oh. Ooh. I got got. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be released for everyone on Friday, February 22nd. How many names will be in the special thanks section of the credits? And then Ian wanted to clarify it's not just people's names. It could be how many entries in the special thanks section? Bloodworth. I'm going with 79. Ben. 65. Damiani. 25. I'm going 30, and Ian. Ooh, boxed you out. 32. Oh, come on. Okay, let me lock those in. Last week's bet was about the four games that released last Friday. Crackdown 3, Far Cry New Dawn, Jump Force, and Metro Exodus. We bet at this, we were betting on at this point right now on Twitch, Mm. which will be first, which will have the most views, and what will the margin of victory be? Uh... Jones bet Jump Force by 10K. Blood bet Far Cry New Dawn by 2K. Huber said Crackdown 3 by 3.3K. Nope, just 3K. I said Jump Force by 18K. Ian said Jump Force by 1 by technicality. And right now I'm going to refresh Twitch. Because, hey, anything could happen, right? Yeah. Yeah. So let's see what's first. Apex Legends with 250. Again, Brad would have won that bet even a week later. It's crazy. That game has momentum. Uh, Though I think a Twitch rival is still happening. Still, (laughs) regardless, people are watching that game. Um, hey, Anthem's got 13.3.7K right now. That's pretty good. And number one among those four games, Metro Exodus. Yeah! 9.5K. And nobody bet it. that. Nobody, nobody bet, bet it. it. We, 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 we didn't take into account, Kyle. What? The people that are like, I'm not buying that game on Epic Store. <laughs> Then they're gonna just watch it on Twitch. You think there's nine? There probably are nine thousand people. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. 
Um, Far Cry New Dawn. I think said that, actually. I thought we mentioned that. Did, Did we? we? I thought so. They're uh, like, people maybe, are going to watch maybe it. I just none of us, yeah, none of us bet on it. Not a single one. We had five people betting. Nobody went with Metro. Uh, Far Cry New Dawn was second with 7.2K, if you're curious. Uh, let me, oh boy, I'm going deep now. I don't, oh no. How deep do I have to go? For what? Um, for Jump Force and uh, for Crackdown 3. Oh no. <laughs> I'm going deep. We're, we're beneath Ocarina of Time right now. <laughs> I'm going deeper. We're beneath Heroes of the Storm right now. <laughs> uh, there is. Jump Force has 1.2K. Nice. And then Crackdown 3. Where are you, bud? I know you're coming up, buddy. I, I, Crackdown 3 is beneath Dark Souls, beneath Hollow Knight. Come on, Crackdown 3. Come on, buddy. We're beneath Quake Champions. Come on, Crackdown 3. <laughs> We're beneath the Division 1? Yes. Uh, oh, boy. Did I just miss it? Or is that that unpopular? Crackdown 3, 227 viewers. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. Ian, thank you for cutting the chase there. How could... What? No one wants to watch that. There's like a stigma, right? There's like... There's no... No game has 227 viewers, right? I don't know. Sometimes I'll be the only person playing a game. I also wonder if it's like, hey, all these came out at the same time. I can't stream all of them. I've yeah. heard the best things about Metro. I'm going to pick that one. Yeah, I mean, right. It is the best reviewed of the bunch for yeah. sure. Um, I was surprised how low Far Cry reviews are. I wonder if that game will still sell well. You know what? I, like, I never bet against anime. If we're doing bets, you never first rule number one is never bet against anime. Yeah, good rule for life. Jump for a sank. I kind of want to... We're wrapping up this podcast. <laughs> Put a pin in this one, everyone, if you want to hear this discussion. Like, to me, it's insane that the announcement of Jump Force was, like, a way bigger deal than the actual playing of this game. Yeah. Do you remember, like, I think it was one of the reasons cited why Microsoft won E3 last year. It was like, Jump Force, you know what I mean? It's like, but they announced a horrible game. That was a horrible game announcement. But during E3, we don't care about that. We're, we're, we're hype-driven, right? Um, you're at your most optimistic. Yeah. All right. We'll discuss that at mm -hmm. a later time. So nobody won the bet. I don't want to give anybody a point. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so that keeps us at nobody. Scrappy Little Pigs 3. <laughs> Gorgeous Gorillas 2. want to tell everybody about patreon.com slash easy allies. That is the place to go to if you're interested in what we do and how to support us. People who give $5 or more a month get this podcast early and many other Easy Allies shows early. Uh, for instance, right here, you get this podcast on Wednesdays as opposed to Fridays. Before we sign off, I'll do one last refresh of Matt Piscatella's Twitter. Mm. And no, the, the NPDs are still not public. No juice. No juice. <laughs> oh. Look forward to those on next week's podcast. <laughs> Probably in the second half. Uh, but hey, I know that it is not Matt Piscatella's fault. You know, you know what I mean? Like I know it's just some other outside factor. I wish he would tell me which sold more in its first year between Crash and Spyro because I feel like I got cheated. I feel like I won that bet against Hubert. <laughs> but nobody can confirm still which sold more in its first year. Um, okay, okay, okay. Uh, so what we'll do is we'll have a draft for uh, <laughs> the responsibilities at the end of the podcast. Uh, Ian, which responsibility do you want? Oh, geez. Uh I don't know. Come to be last, I guess. All right. So, Damiani, since you won the gaming game, uh, which responsibility do you want? Um, I will recommend a video. Okay. Ben, which would you like? I'll do the sign-off. Okay. Bloodworth? I'll do Twitter. 
All right, so Ian, you get the final word. Oh, boy. Okay, so Blood, let's hear your Twitter handle. Uh, it's at DBloodworth2. Mm-hmm. Damiani? You should check out the Top 10 Composers video that we all put together nice. and edited brilliantly by Ian Hank. Yeah. Probably one yeah. amazing edit. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Damiani. Yeah. Sunset. It began and ended with it. Yeah. Uh, Ian, final word. Oh, I didn't really disagree with anything. Um, Reiterate something then. Uh, go ahead and check out that top ten composers. <laughs> <laughs> Counts. Top ten numbers also fun. Uh, yeah. Wait, what is top ten numbers? That's a very legitimate top ten. Uh, top ten, top ten numbers. You know. Check it out. Okay. I'm intrigued. Ben, your trademark sign off. Sophie who we miss is our supreme ruler. They have like this set number of times that they have to keep sneezing.